Before we begin, I have some prayer requests to pass along. If you all don't mind and can help us out with prayers, we would greatly appreciate it. And if you are in need of prayers, stay tuned at the end of the show. I always give information on how to contact me and request prayers. The first is Father Mike. Father Mike has been under the weather this week, and I would greatly appreciate it if you all could keep Father Mike in your heart, thoughts, and prayers that he recovers fully and quickly. The next would be my mother, Elaine. She's still in need of our prayers. Her blood pressure is starting to come up a little bit, but it's still very low. Um, she'll be seeing her doctor here soon. Also, her husband, Bob, is still in need of prayers. He goes to see his doctor on Thursday of this coming week uh, to go over all of the stuff that was found in his MRI. I mentioned that in last week's show, so um, be sure to check that out to get the details. Megan, Molly, and Gwen are also still in need of our prayers. I've mentioned them several times uh, for prayer requests, and they are still in need, so please keep them in your heart, mind, and prayers that life starts to even out for them and that they can get established in a new home, a safe home, and get their lives together. A dear friend of the family, Emma, is in need of our prayers. She lost her husband a few years ago, and she's been heartbroken ever since. And she tolerates it, but some days are worse than others. And recently, uh, this week, just the other day, uh, my wife, Haven, ran into Emma, and she was very down and very sad, missing her husband. Um, so if we could keep Emma in our thoughts and prayers and our hearts, that would be greatly appreciated. And finally, last but certainly not least, is Jean. She is also a friend of the family. Uh, Jean is just an amazing soul. She, Every time she sees my wife, she's always got some kind of prayer amulets or prayer books or prayer medals or something that she gives for my wife and for me both. She includes both of us. So bless her infinitely for that. And if we could all keep Jean in our hearts, our thoughts and prayers, that would be greatly appreciated. Thank you all so very much and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Faith and More podcast. I firmly believe that the divine works through people to help us every day. These angels and saints are so very humble. Many of us don't know they exist or existed. Hello, my name is Angel, and I'll be your host as we explore the lives of these amazing beings. We will also explore topics that can help your faith, no matter what it is or isn't. The goal of this show is to inspire, encourage, educate, uplift, strengthen, and heal you and your faith. Is it that time already? Oh my gosh. Hello and welcome to season three, everyone. Sorry for that big, long delay of what, one week? <laughs> I know, I know. But anyway, welcome each and every one of you. Wow, oh wow, do I have a show for you all today. Now, you all heard me talk about Father Mike Cantor, or at least those of you who've listened to the show before have heard me talk of Father Mike Cantor quite a bit. As a matter of fact, probably the last six, seven, eight, nine shows of season two, I mentioned him probably at least once in every episode because, you know, he's just that awesome. And 
speaking of awesome, he was awesome enough to agree to do an interview with me for our show. And wow, what an interview it is. It is such a rich and yummy coconut cream pie of a show. And there is so much that Father Mike and I talk about in this show that's just, you can feel the spirit moving and grooving. It was, it's that amazing. It really is. And that's no ego or pride, especially on my part. Not at all. Um, it, you'll feel it. You'll feel it when you listen to the show. And with that, I give a disclaimer that this is one of those shows that's so rich, creamy, and yummy that if you listen to it all in one sitting, you might get a tummy ache. Um, so you might want to take it as bits and pieces. Or if anything, if you listen to it all the way through, please either come back and listen to it again or download it. You can download our shows. Don't forget you can do that. You can do that through the website. You can do that through Spotify, Podcast Guru, uh, whatever you use to listen to the show. Most of them have the download on there. And if you don't find it there, like I said, you can go to the website of the show, information at the end of every show on how to access the website, and download it that way. You can listen to the show offline. You don't have to use your phone's data or be near a Wi-Fi or Internet or anything like that to listen to the show. You can play it offline any and all times that you want. So with that being said, I won't keep you all any longer. Enjoy the show. Our very special guest today is none other than Father Mike Cantor. Uh, Father Mike is a theologian of many things. He's also the creator, writer, producer, director, and host of the truly amazing podcast, Logic in the Bible. Father Mike is also the creator and head of Hello to Soul Ministries. And if I could, I would just want to read a little bit of the mission statement uh, from Hello to Soul, because I think it's uh, really important for everybody to check out Father Mike if you already haven't. Uh, you should know of Father Mike. I've mentioned him in, no, I know, at least the last six episodes of season two. And here we are with episode one of season three. So uh, his mission statement on Hello to Soul Ministries uh, says that they are to provide people from all walks of life an opportunity to discover who they are in the world. What this means is no matter what your spiritual or religious upbringing, you have a safe space here. We walk alongside you in your joy, your sorrow, your professional life, and all the space in between. And I don't know about you guys, but uh, I'm looking for where I can sign up for this now because it sounds like uh, the ultimate and the absolute best. So, what Father Mike and I are going to do today, uh, once I introduce him here, is we're going to discuss uh, mysticism and mystics, uh, kind of like a 101 school classroom thing here, informally, of course. Um, and I mean, we've covered saints and mystics, and we've talked a lot about mystics. Uh, that was in season two, which, which was kind of like our formal way of getting into mystics, even though there were a lot of mystics in season one. And we're finding out that um, it's something that we can do ourselves. It's not a heresy. 
Um, it's not something that's hocus pocus or magical or something that far out there. It's actually something that's natural. It's innate. It's truly what you are and what we all are. And that's something to keep in mind. It's not just what you are. It's what everyone is. And it's that uh, communion with the divine. You know, you, the divine is you and you are the divine. It's 24-7. It's never ending. You're never separated from that which you are. Um, and that which is you. So uh, it's just a matter of us waking up to what we truly are. And it's nothing to be afraid of. And it's, you know, as we explained in the a little bit in the prayer episode, it's actually quite simple to get into. But I wanted to have Father Mike on uh, because he is an expert, at least I believe he's an expert in this field in many fields. Um, just to have him expand on this some and help us learn more uh, gently easing into uh, mysticism and all that it is. So without further ado, welcome Father Mike. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm so excited to be on your, on your show, Angel. I love listening to the podcast. So <laughs> thanks for inviting me. So mysticism, from my perspective, so I have to be really clear that Again, this is my perspective from my study, from uh, my point of view, um, and it by no means has to be the point of view of other people. Um, I I have the the luxury that my faith is stronger <laughs> than other people's opinions, um, and I think that is an important uh, aspect of the mystic and the mysticism and mysticism in general. Uh, I think mysticism is. Uh, we can define it as the uh, uh, having a, the connection or one who has a connection with God uh, or a source or whatever you want to call it. Um, what I like to think of mysticism is more as a, a way of life, right? It's a way of living. It's a way of being. We are human beings, right? So our uh, total creative power rests in our ability to create and be who we are as uh, aspects of creation. Um, so I think the best way to study mysticism is to study the mystics. Um, I don't necessarily like to talk about myself or talk or call myself a mystic um, because I'm human and I can never be as perfect as the mystics I read about, right? Um, it's kind of the one of the faults I think in, in human nature is that we're, we read about all these perfect people and all the, the wonderful things that they do and we forget that they are also human, right? They make mistakes. Um, and so when I try to engage in my mystical uh, practice, then um, I'm, I, don't always, I, I don't always hit the mark, right? <laughs> I can get frustrated. I get pulled out of um, my 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 centered space, right? Um, those who practice Zen Buddhism understand what being in that space means, right? Uh, so I think it's more of a way of life. It's a way of being in constant prayer and meditation. Um, in your episode on prayer, you talked about um, drive-in or, or dine-in, right? So um, do, you, do you drive in and just pray when, when you need to? Or do you actually sit in contemplative prayer and actually seek um, that still small voice inside of you? Um, and I think 
that still small voice inside of us speaks loudly when we quiet ourselves. Uh, and it was, let's see, Teresa of Avila, uh, who is a great mystic. She said, uh, in a state of grace, the soul is like a well of lipid water from which flow only streams of the clearest crystal. Its words are pleasing both to God, man, rising and rising from the river of life beside which it is rooted like a tree. So it's this sense that when you're in this state of mystic grace, uh, when you're in states of meditation, uh, when you're um, prayerfully dining in, right, as, as you spoke in your, your last podcast, that um, we have the ability to see the grace within us and our soul and the goodness that we're able to do um mystics i i believe have this this uh focus on the living of life right we live like mystics will live life to the fullest uh recognizing the joy and the sorrow um and the peace that can be found in turmoil and I, I, I find that some people have think that that's they're just juxtapositions, right? How can you find peace in the middle of a storm? How can you find when your house is being torn off its foundation from a tornado? How, where, where's the peace in that, right? Uh, and I, I would, I would respond with, well, even in the eye of the tornado, there's silence. So in the midst of that chaos, there is a place where peace can be found um, always and the a connection with nature and our connections with each other um, and the getting back to just being being right how do we be the greatest grandest vision of ourself in a world that often hands us um, cow pies basically uh, so uh, there was also another quote that I was running across. Uh, it was Bonhoeffer. He said, judging others makes us blind, whereas love is illumin uh, illuminating. By judging others, we blind ourselves to our own evil and to the grace which others are just as entitled to as we are. Um, and what Bonhoeffer is saying is this, when and Bonhoeffer is, is a mystic uh, and a martyr, he was um, he was very active during World War II. Was killed for his views against the Nazis, um, but he uh, was also very mystic, uh, mystical in his understanding of um, human nature, right? And even in even though he was being um, imprisoned and uh, mistreated by the Nazis, he was telling us, it's not our place to judge because when we're judging other people, we're putting ourselves in a place where we fail to recognize our own inequity, right? Um, and I think this is, it's a theme that runs across mystics throughout the ages that judging other people for what they do and who they are, right? Um, puts us in a place of wanting. Uh, we 
separate ourselves from the rest of humanity because we're ignoring our own humanness. Um, if any of that makes sense, Angel. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, and it's just, it's, Bonhoeffer also went on to say, he's like, we, we must be ready to allow ourselves to be interrupted by God. So when we're talking about mysticism and the mystical experience and having that connection um, with the source, um, we have to be a lot, we have to, to be ready and allow ourselves to, to be taken over by the mystical experience. Um, the realization that there is far more to life than just the life that we're living, right? Um, and we have to be interrupted. We have to be uh, able to stop what we're doing and let God direct our, our thoughts and actions. Um, and from a mystical perspective, God directing your thoughts and actions is all coming from within, right it's it's god from within not god without um so god is imbued in in every aspect of creation um and so when we allow creation to speak for us if we remain silent and listen um our ability to understand the world around us um is increases exponentially Absolutely. I mean, and that's the, that's an important thing you pointed out. It's, it starts inside a lot of people. And it's, I mean, cause mysticism is throughout all religions, but a lot of people think that I have to go to Mount Shasta in California. I have to go to Mount Kalesh in Tibet. I have to go to the Holy lands. I have to go to shrines in yeah. order to have this mystical experience. Um, monks, and nuns in, in the Buddhist tradition uh, go off into hermitages, you know, uh, um, monks and nuns in Roman Catholic faith go into convents. Um, and I've spoken to Tibet monks before, and they will tell you that um, isolating yourself and putting yourself in a sterile environment um, may help at first, but it can also be very distracting because you're looking outwardly for that which is inside of you. And I appreciate that you pointed that out, that it's, it starts inside because that's where it is for each of us. It's a very personal journey at first, but once you blossom and open up and connect well, with the divine or awareness of that divine, then it's everything everywhere you know you are it and it is you you know right i i think it's it, it's interesting that whenever you read stories about the mystics the story isn't about necessarily the mystic themselves it is about the journey that they went on to get to the place that they are right so absolutely um, the, 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 it becomes the sense of the reality is it's not the destination we should be worried about we're all going to get to the same all roads lead to Rome, right? So we're all going to get to the same point. Um, it's our journey that makes the difference. And we have um, a, a core truth in uh, mysticism is that we have the creative power to design our own journey, regardless of what the collective consciousness may um, hand us, 
right? Um, so I, I said, in a world that gives us a cow pies, okay, so I have this cow pie, I can, I can change my perspective about what's being handed to me, right? Um, I can see what's being handed me as a curse or an opportunity. And if I see it as an opportunity, then I'm able to change my mind. I'm able to change my perspective. I'm able to change who I am being in relationship to it. Um, and you, you, can't, you can't get to that point if you're constantly focused on the material things around you. If you're constantly focused on what's happening at the end, then you can't focus on what's happening now. And another mystical core truth is the only time is now, right? Absolutely. We have this single moment and in an instant, in an instant, in an instant, does that moment passes. We can never get that back. And if we're constantly worried about what's going to be happening in the future, if we're afraid, if we're afraid of cancer or death or, um, uh, homelessness or, or food scarcity or economics or any of those things we're not focusing on what we can do right now and it takes us away from that mystical experience it takes us out of our center it takes us um further from i i, I would call that sin because we are missing the mark and um oddly enough the mark we're trying to hit is the broad side of a barn it's not it's not difficult to see or to get to um but when we are focused on the minutiae of our life you, it's you, you can't see the forest through the trees right um and so all of that stuff muddles this beautifully large barn that you get to hit <laughs> um by just throwing a small little rock at it right jesus jesus says you have the faith of a mustard seed right and you can move mountains the faith of a child the, the smallest the smallest amount of faith will allow you to hit this the broad side of this barn but if we're so focused on where the next thing is coming from then we lose we lose track of all of that and we, we become very myopic in our own experience. Um, and we forget that by doing that, we are creating the following circumstances, right? When I'm afraid of something, the fear of that thing will perpetuate and continue to draw me away from what I know I should probably be doing, which is the very thing that I'm afraid of, right? <clears throat> so I... I I must have gotten on a tangent there. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no, please go. Go ahead. Father <laughs> Mike, go. Get me on a roll. It's just like, I, oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I know that. I, I go there myself quite a bit. <laughs> my, uh, my listeners are used to that. So, <laughs> yeah, it's. Well, I mean, your, your tangents can wrap around and actually make sense. I, I can. Uh, I don't know about that. I go wander. <laughs> And one thing I wanted to point out to everyone, because, I mean, we have listeners from all over the world with from all religions, and I, I want to assure everyone that, you know, what we're talking about here with mysticism and mystics um, is not heresy in any way. As a matter of fact, in the Eastern faiths, it's 
it's hand in hand. I mean, it's uh, the mysticisms and mystics and all that, that way is actually taught in the Eastern ways of faiths and philosophies. Um, it's, it's a natural thing. Um, it's unfortunate that other faiths, and then this is nothing against other faiths, everybody has their own way of doing things. It's unfortunate that other faiths don't put such an emphasis on um, mysticism or, uh, you know, awakening, you know, in the Eastern ways they call, you know, this communion um, with the divine, they call it samadhi, um, but they get twisted in that as well in the Eastern ways. And those of you who are listening are from the Eastern ways know what I'm talking about is that, as Father Mike said, that you look at it as a goal, um, as an endpoint. And that's the thing, as Father Mike pointed out, is for us not to um, focus on it as a goal. It's an ever-evolving, constant journey. It's, it's never-ending. You know, it's, it's, it's always growing, always evolving. But it's always growing and always evolving with you and as you and with everything around you, because you, again, you have to remember it is you, you are it, and it is everything and everyone. So I just wanted to point that out. And for those of you who are uh, listening that are Roman Catholic, I want to assure you, um, although the Roman Catholic Church, again, not picking on Roman Catholics, I'm just talking about something I actually know about a little bit, at least, uh, from my history, um, from my personal perspective, uh, the Roman Catholics have a hate-love relationship with mystics. They hate them until they're dead, then they love them and make them saints. Uh, but I just wanted to point out to everyone that uh, mysticism is actually in the catechism, it's number 2709, and it says, uh, and it goes under contemplative or contemplative. I'm a hillbilly, so I say contemplative. Uh, what is contemplative prayer? Now, we got to remember that all of the saints we've studied up to this point, that has been the key thing. It's the contemplative prayer. St. Teresa of Avila, which Father Mike was just talking about, says contemplative prayer which is oration mental, my Latin is not very good, uh, in my opinion, is nothing else than a close sharing between friends. It means taking time frequently to be alone with him who we know loves us. Contemplative prayer seeks him whom my soul loves. It is Jesus and in him the Father, or insert whatever faith you believe, we seek him because to desire him is always the beginning of love, and we seek him in that pure faith which causes us to be born of him and to live in him. In this inner prayer, we can still meditate, but our attention is fixed on the Lord himself. That came straight from the catechism. They're actually quoting St. Teresa of Avila. So I just wanted to make sure our Roman Catholic listeners know that what we're talking about is not heresy. It's not something way out there, that it is something your faith actually talks about. And if you look at your saints, each and every one of them um, is a mystic. Yeah, in, so, in some way, shape, or form. And another thing, um, 
I mean, I haven't said any heresies yet. I mean, I don't <laughs> don't put it don't put it past me. Uh, but <laughs> I do, but I'm unconscious of it, so I wouldn't know a heresy if I said one anyway. So <laughs> right, uh, I've, I've had I've had bishops kind of yell at me, um, call me call me a heretic every once in a while. Uh, and my response is, I, I I go back to what is the teachings of Jesus um, from from our Christian because I'm uh, independent Apostolic Catholic, so uh what 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 does our tradition say about what jesus said about this thing um and if 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 for those who have bibles with the red letters like let's go back to the red letters and see what that says and does that have any bearing on what we're what we're talking about now um and i think that uh Jesus had tons of mystical things that he was saying. He, he, he was saying that the kingdom of God is inside of you. The kingdom of God is already here. So if Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is already here and we're able to experience that, then what, what does that mean for us and our concept of uh, our, our faith? Um, and for, for those of us who are, are Catholic, um, and even 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 Protestant, we experience mysticism every time we come to this altar for communion or for the Eucharist, right? That is a mystical moment, whether you believe in transubstantiation or not. <clears throat> um, and for those who don't know, transubstantiation is uh, during um, communion when when they say this is my body, the the, the elements actually become mystically the body and blood of Christ right? So we experience this mysticism, we experience these mystical moments um, at the altar, at the, at the table. Um, and when, if you get into to sacramental theology, uh, sacramental theology is chock full of, of mysticism, right? It's, it's understanding the meanings of all of these things, but not only understanding the meanings, but how these things affect people, right? At communion, when the, when the, priests basically ask god to come down and become the elements that and providing a conduit between the congregation and god to create this mystical moment of trans transubstantiation so that we can physically imbibe the elements of of the anointing of the anointed one right um that is in and of itself what I feel one of the most powerful mystical moments or in the moment of baptism as we're as we're submerged in, in the baptismal waters and rise up washed and from from an orthodox perspective rise up washed clean of our sins and become part of the family of Christ that is a mystical moment it's a moment in which a connection between the source of all creation and our humanity is made um, so what mystics try to do is live in that moment continuously, because in that moment is a realization of our creative power of who we are in connection and relationship to the universe. Uh, in those moments, there's no fear of death or fear in general. There is only love. Those are moments of pure passion and love for the creator, the creator of the created, and also looking back on God and recognizing that God is God. God is the author of 
our experience, our, our universe, and a co-creator with us and our experience here on this on during our lifetime. Um, and I think it's important that we realize our interconnectedness. And the mystic is always talking about our interconnectedness. Um, there was a, a band uh, in, in the 90s, 80s and 90s, Jeff Moore in the Distance. Uh, they had a song called The Scarlet Thread, and it talked about how there's this scarlet thread that runs between the heart of every human being. It interconnects us all. Um, we can call it the Holy Spirit. We can call it uh, God, source. We can call it um, just our essence, the soul. But there is something that connects all of us to everything. Um, and it, it, he talk, Jeff Moore talks about it beautifully in the song. Um, again, it's um, Scar a scarlet thread. Uh, if anybody wants to go pull up a YouTube video <laughs> or anything like that. I'll have a link um, in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think there's also, so St. John of the Cross, let's bring up another, another saint mystic. Um, he says, silence is God's first language right um because when we are silent we're able to feel words are so um ineffective right i can speak a lot of words that people won't understand right i can um i can use big theology words like transubstantiation or um or talk about how uh, mystical moments but the reality is if we're talking we're not listening right and in our silence we're able to feel feeling is a far more powerful experience than speaking right um if i can tell you i love you but when i come and rest my hand on your shoulder and your and your time of of, of mourning or, or a time of need, you're going to feel the connection, the human connection, right? And that feeling is more powerful than any words of, of, of encouragement that I can give you. Um, so yes, silence is God's first language, but I think God prefers to communicate to us through our, our feelings and emotions. Um, and I'll tell you, being being on the spectrum and, and having and having Asperger's, feeling and emotions are not my forte. <laughs> um, so walking into uh, the mystical life, I had, I have to learn, and it's constantly a process of learning. I have to learn how to understand and read my own emotions um, and experience my own emotions. Um, because I have them, they just don't express like everybody else's does, right? Um, so I have to learn to sit in the silence or I'm going to lose track of what's going on inside of me, right? Um, but aside from silence is God's first language, John of the Cross, he said, in the inner stillness where meditation, uh, <clears throat> or in the inner stillness where meditation leads, the spirit secretly anoints the soul and heals our deepest wounds. Um, so this being silent and meditating and listening to ourself 
we're able to heal ourselves from the traumas that we experience, from uh, the, the world that we encounter that is often so scary um, and full of, of disappointment. Um, so the wounds that are created by the world, but also the wounds that we create for ourselves, right? We wound ourselves every time we say, oh, that was stupid or, oh, I shouldn't have done that, or I can, I, I just can't do anything right, or the world is against me. Those are like little razor cuts on our soul, right? And it's, it's death by a thousand cuts. You're, you're, you're harming yourself every time you create a negative thought about yourself, right? So when we're silent and we sit in these meditative moments, we're able to, to, to recognize that and realize that's not who we are. We're, we're creations of, of, of awesomeness. We are perfect in our creation, even with our mistakes. So if, that, if I'm perfect, even with my mistakes, why am I being so hard on myself? And I think what the mystical walk teaches us is that we don't have to be so hard on ourselves. We're all we're all muddling through this together. So why do I need to, to, to tell myself, oh, I was horrible for doing something or that I'm not good enough or that I can't do something. I can do anything I want. I co-create my experience with God. And if I'm co-creating my experience with God, then why am I so focused on this tiny little thing that really in 10 minutes, six months, two years from now, isn't really going to even be a problem. Right again, we're we're we become we become myopic, and we don't and and we're too focused on what that end is, and we're not focusing on who we want to be. And I'll say it again: the greatest, grandest vision of ourself in that moment. Right. So how do we? I think mysticism try, and it's and it's experiential living seeks to help us define who we are and what we choose to be because we're human beings what we choose to be in this world um we're we're not to simply bandage the wounds of injustice we are to drive a spoke into the wheel itself that was a bonhoeffer quote and he's saying that and the walk to be who we are and to experience who we are, we have to destroy injustice, right? Injustice, uh, the injustice that's, that's perpetuated on other people and the injustice that's, that we perpetuate on ourselves, right? If we're, if we're not seeking to destroy injustice and our judgments of others, our preconceived notions, our judgments of others, our um, even even passing judgments of, uh, I see a homeless person on the street and immediately there are thoughts that come to my mind about who that person is because of their situation. If we're not aware of those, then we're being trapped in this physical experience. And we forget that from, a Christ, from those of us who come from a Christian perspective, Christ is in that person. Christ is that person. 
When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was homeless, you, you gave me a home. When I was the least of these, you're present. And so we are called to be present in the midst of injustice in order to destroy it. And we are called to be, so then how do we become present in the midst of injustice of ourselves? We do contemplative medica- med- contemplative medication is really. Hey, I've said that. I said that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've said uh, that many times on the show. <laughs> right. So it is a type it, of medication. It's it a type of medication. Uh, it is. It's the best one. Because it's legal. It it's legal. Zero harmful effects. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you want you want a medication with with zero side effects? Meditate. <laughs> um, and I think Amen. that's important. Uh, and, and, and the mystics take it to an, take meditation to a, a, another point, which is transcendental meditation, right? Where we, a mystic will remove themselves, their, their spiritual self from their corporeal body and interact with the universe on a spiritual way, um, becoming part of the fabric of the universe, right? And experiencing life that way, and that, and that's that's some advanced stuff. <laughs> uh, getting into transcendental meditation and astral projecting and um, doing all of these things that none of it's heresy, none of it's forbidden, none of it's. Uh, I mean, it, people are afraid of it because they don't know what it means. And I think when we become afraid of something, we immediately pat, put a judgment on it. We start passing laws about it. We start creating an environment in which that thing that which we are afraid of is not okay and when we're doing that we're like we're blinding again once again blinding ourselves to our own evil to our own judgments and misconceptions of the world um and so in a book in a book by uh, neil donald walsh conversations with god an uncommon dialogue um Neil talks uh, talks about with God in the book that it's like would we forget about who God is when we forget about who we are we lose that we lose the connection right and it's not about it's not about whether you're you're a good person or a bad person I mean God I don't think judges us that way with our concepts of good or bad but it's but when you're focused it doesn't sorry it doesn't matter about if you're a good person or a bad person you're still loved by god right um and you know they also talk about in the book that you have you have two options in every choice that you're presented in life you have two options you can either choose a path of fear or you can choose a path of love and if we choose a path of fear then we're going to constantly be locked into that fear state. If we choose a path of love, then we are making every step that we take an act of love, right? And so, and, and yeah, it's easy, easy-ish to talk about, um, much harder to practice because it makes you realize that every negative thought I have, you, you have is a thought that comes from fear right um so if i have a negative thought about somebody on the street that homeless person that i encountered where's my fear in that person of that person 
I'm creating a story that separates me from that person because I'm afraid of something that person may or may not do. So I'm creating a vision for myself that isolates me from the world, from the world around me. And so that action of that act of fear can only be overcome by love. So when I see that I'm having a negative response towards somebody, I realize maybe I need to do something loving for that person. Maybe I need to take away the fear of that person. So if I see a homeless person, I have a negative thought about them. What should I do? Maybe I should give them something, buy them a meal, hand them some change if I have it, talk to them about their story, about who they are, how they got to the state that they're in, what's going on in their life. I mean, we create injustice by the thoughts that we have about other people. So if we change the thoughts that we have about other people, then we can eliminate injustice. Right? If we can change the thoughts that we have about ourselves, we can eliminate that internal injustice. And all we have to do is learn how to, and Jesus said it perfectly, love your neighbors yourself, right? You can't love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. So I challenge people who have negative thoughts about lots of things, well, how's your relationship with yourself, right? How's, what's your self-esteem like? Not, not the fake self-esteem that you show to the world, <laughs> not, not this, this air of confidence that you walk around with every day, but when you sit down on the couch at the end of a long day, how do you feel sitting with yourself, right? And so if we focus a little on that, <laughs> it might, if we start focusing on changing our inner world, it will change our outer world Amen. and vice versa, right? And if vice versa, if we can't focus on our inner world, let's start changing our outer world. Let's do something, right? If I can change my outer world, if I can change how I relate to other people, then maybe I'll realize that I'm not that bad either. So you can, you can work at it from either angle. Again, you're going to get to the same, same spot as long excuse me as long as you're working on it but too often we're complacent in our lives <laughs> uh, and too often we get again myopic and wrapped up in everything and we lose the mystical the feeling of that mystical power within us right um the whirling dervishes of of, of the sufi sufi is islamic faith um, experience ecstatic mysticism, right? They are brought to a state of experience with the divine that creates an ecstatic motion where they start spinning and dancing and creating, creating this energy of experience around them, creating a conduit of energy for people in the midst of that situation to experience God, to experience the divine. Um, for those who come from a Pentecostal costal faith, um, this mystical experience is fostered and grown 
inside the Pentecostal church through um, uh, speaking of tongues and ecstatic worship. And uh, you hear the term being slain by the spirit. Um, I think that it happens. People can be ecstatically experiencing the divine um, in any number of situations. It doesn't have to be in a church. <laughs> doesn't have to be uh, in a synagogue or, or anywhere else. It, it, where it has to be is in your heart, right? And that is the sign of the true mystic that they are in their heart having this joyous, ecstatic experience with the divine all the time. And it doesn't go against any, anybody's faith or religion. It's just how they have found in their walk a way to experience source all the time or as often as often as we humanly can right um all the time would be great but again perfection 100 percent of the time is going to get real boring <laughs> so oh, yeah. all, so i think yeah part of part of part of part of the realization in the, in the mystic art is that it's okay to be imperfect, right? It's okay to, to struggle a little bit. It's not, because none, it's not, none of it's bad, right? It all, it, it gives us flavor, right? It, it, it gives us, not, not that we're all cannibals and gonna be eating each other, but it gives us, it gives our life flavor um, and excitement and joy and colors, right? Because if, if we didn't have some of the suffering, we could not know joy, right? It would be the same thing all the time and we're designed for change, right? Change being the only constant in the universe. Um, so we're designed for change. We need things to change. We live in a dichotomous uh, polar world, right? Um, where we have, we have things that are relative to each other. We have good and bad as we perceive it. So those good and bad moments allow for us to experience life in its fullest, right? I could eat ice cream all the time, but at some point I'm gonna get pretty bored of ice cream if it's all I have. <laughs> I, may, I may want a pizza after that, right? <laughs> so, um, so it's, it's just, it's part of the variety. So it's, it's I think understanding that mysticism isn't isn't this horrible thing it's not it's not a sin to be a mystic um and i and i study esoteric mysticism which goes far beyond just general mysticism right esoteric mysticism we're, we're talking about actually how to how to how to change the soul right how to have the soul illuminate the world outside of you and the light shine through you right we're talking about different ways to, um, through, uh, I don't want to use the word magic. I mean, technology is just magic, not understand, understood, right? So, um, or magic is technology, not understood. There we go. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's the using of, of the things that the, the earth gives us, right? To, to focus who we are, like uh, using crystals, crystals isn't bad. They are conductive oh, devices, 
right? They are conductive devices that conduct the energy of the surrounding areas of the earth and help bring about energetic changes. And through science, we know that our bodies really respond to different energy, right? To energy and sound and frequency and harmonic frequencies. Our bodies are extremely sensitive to those things. Um, so when you change or alter that, depending on what you're trying to do, you can create different types of experience. Um, so I, so again, that's where some of the judgment comes from. Oh, you see somebody who has a bunch of crystals in their house. What's your immediate, your immediate judgment about that person is, oh, they're, they're new agey, they're, they're, they're a, a little off, they're a witch, <laughs> right? Uh, but no, these things have been proven to create energetic and resonant frequency uh, conduits for our experience, right? Um, to heal, help heal people, to, to help like bring different concepts and perceptions of the world into our life, right? Um, so people are like, oh, it'll, it'll bring you money. But the reality is uh, it may, it may help that, but it's your, it helps center your own thought about a thing, right? I'm feeling in need of money. So I set up a crystal grid that will help draw money. What, what it's really doing is help focusing your consciousness on that thing that you feel you need, right? So that you can create this experience within your life. I feel a lack of money. I use this thing that, that I think will help draw that money. But the reality is it's focusing my thoughts and making my thoughts strong enough to draw this into my reality, neither by helping uh, making me feel feel better every day so that I work harder, so that I have a drive, so that I can do any number of things to create that experience. And I don't have, so I don't have to consciously be focused on it, right? It's like a George Foreman grill. You set it and forget it, <laughs> let it go, <laughs> let it go, let it go to God and let God deal with it, right? <laughs> um i i didn't know i was going to bring up a george foreman reference but <laughs> it works it, it works, works. <laughs> uh, and that's and i think from a mystical perspective that's the best thing that we can do set it and forget it we we pray we meditate we lift up our concerns to the universe and then we have to let it go and not worry about it anymore because we have to have enough faith to realize that in a world of infinite understandings, in a world of infinite possibilities, I'm creating the experience that I want right now. And by asking for this thing that I feel that I need, or this thing that I want or want to draw into my life, and then letting it go, I no longer have to focus on that intent or that thing because I recognize that it's already going to be present and manifest in my life. So, I mean, you can call that mystical if you want, <laughs> um, but it comes from a connection with source. I have so much faith in God that what I need will already be manifest in my, in my life. It may not be today, but it's coming. <laughs> um, I don't have to doubt that it's coming because it is um, because 
God wants for me what I want for me. God wants for you what you want for you. The whole reason for that is so that you can experience creation to the, to the fullest. So, I mean, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox for a minute. Oh, no. Wow. That's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, I, we, we probably got a little off topic, but I, I want people to understand that, again, mysticism is, is not just this thing. It's not a bunch of people. I mean, sometimes it's a bunch of people wearing robes in a dark room doing something. But most of the time, it's individuals sitting quietly with themselves, learning the truths, truth with a capital T, not the truths that religion gives you or, or your, your spirituality or what people tell you, but learning what the truths of the universe are uh, from the answers that bubble up, really, bubble up from within. Um, and if in, in our manic society, if we could find a moment to just learn to sit quietly with ourselves, and, and you said this in, in one in, in past podcast, uh, when you talked about meditation, uh, it is it is brutal <laughs> in the mm. very beginning. Um, oh, yeah, we do not know how to be quiet, we are constantly talking, we are constantly thinking. Um, I mean, and people think in different ways, whether it be colors, words, concepts, constructs, images. However, we are, our minds are constantly flooded with our own garbage. Um, but when, and it's torture. With people who have a problem with silence, that is the most nerve-wracking thing is they can't shut their brain up. Right. Right. And but the longer you do it, the more you practice, stretch out that, that meditation time a little bit, the quieter you'll be. And you'll learn how to quiet. And it's not about like suppressing all your thoughts. It's it's have the thought and just let it go. Have the thought and let it go. Um honor the thought because it's coming from you, but then let it go. It's like, oh, yeah. I have a grocery not attached list. to it. Right. It's like, oh, I have a grocery list. Oh, no, it's not grocery time. Let it go. <laughs> um, that will be there when you're done. But when then, once you finally can be quiet for a minute, the stuff that comes up from within can sometimes truly be amazing. Um, and that can be the start of your mystical moment. And when you finally feel that, through through your your internal meditation when you finally feel that space it is easier to get there every time um it becomes easier and easier until the point in which you can live in it and then you become your own mystic you can live in that space and learn amazing things and have the knowledge of amazing things um and of course, we have to be in relationship with other people. So it's good to bounce your ideas off someone. Um, so you can make sure you're not going crazy. Um, but most of the answers to the choices that we have will come from within us. If we can just be quiet for just a minute and breathe, <laughs> focus on your breath. Um, breath is life-giving. <laughs> so... Um, 
if we're not breathing, we're not living. Uh, so if we focus on our breaths and quiet our minds and listen to what bubbles up from within and get past the mania, right? And that's all mysticism teaches really is how to get past the mania, how to quiet your mind, how to look at the world in a way that is more beautiful than you can imagine. Because all we can imagine the world is when we're focused on the minutia is the minutia. <laughs> um, we don't recognize the trees for the color of the trees or the, we, or the appreciation of just the breeze, the, the wind brushing across your cheek, right? It's like when we can live in those moments, when, I'm, when I am content watching a leaf fall from a tree and just watching it sail to the ground, and I'm happy in that moment, that's, that is the most perfect experience that you could, you could ever ask for, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and it takes surprisingly long for a leaf to fall from a branch and hit the ground. <laughs> um, and, and in meditation, seconds is hours, right? So it's, it's yes. time, time is immaterial. Um, fear is immaterial. I mean, it's really, I, I think that what I think that what the church is afraid of when it comes to mysticism is that people will do these practices and the church will lose control right? Uh, in the gospel of Thomas, Jesus says, look under every rock, I am there. Um, it's like the, 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 the idea that no matter, the, the kingdom, is, kingdom is inside of you, and all of, these other, all of these other sayings of Jesus saying that you don't need a building of wood and stone. <laughs> you don't need the entrapment of the world that you've created for yourself. Everything that you need is already within you. And if that message is spread far and wide, churches everywhere lose their power. They lose their power. They lose their control. Um, and so it's, it's a very dangerous thought. Um, so even that's why the church hates the mystics while, while they're alive. But then once uh. they're dead, oh, they, they, did so many, they said so many great things and did such great things. Um, because they don't have to worry about that danger anymore right because the church they can control it yeah they can control it and and here's the thing about and i'm jumping back to judgments you can't judge the church for it you can't say oh the church is bad for it because from a mystic perspective they the church is only responding to its environment from fear and not from love the church is afraid of losing all all that it's tried to build over the last 2000 years, right? And they don't want that to come crashing to the ground with someone realizing, oh, I can do it myself. And I'm not saying that churches aren't important. I'm not saying that us priests aren't important because we are. Pastors are important. There are, people are needed to be able to help guide people. My job as a pastor is and as a priest, isn't, isn't to tell you you're going to hell, isn't to tell you that you're a sinner, um, isn't to absolve you of your sins. I don't need to do that. That's between you and God. I will, if that's what will help you move forward, but it's, it's between you and God. Um, and 
but what my job is to do is to come alongside you and help you walk this path so that you don't have to do it alone right to help you under to help create these mystical moments for you so that you know that it's possible to be to be the ear when you don't when you're so focused on the minutia to have a reminder that hey you're still loved you're still cared for you are a perfect beautiful creation <laughs> realize that so that's that's where our importance comes from as as ministers and priests and uh, people of the clergy. Our job is to to walk alongside. It's not to be your boss. It's not to tell you what you have to believe. And that's I think how we need to shift the church to being more of a a journeyman, a journey person <laughs> um, with those we walk we walk alongside. Um, and forget about this hierarchical power power structure. So, um, yeah, I mean, I could I could talk for days about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but that's a good point that you brought up. Is you know, and that was something I was going to mention too. Is uh, for people who are interested in uh, exploring more of mysticism and the mystical ways, um, other than your amazing podcast and, and my <laughs> podcast uh, getting information would be to, as you said, uh, if you are going to church and you have a good church, embrace that. Uh, contact your pastor, your priest, clergy, um, and talk to them. You know, schedule some time, sit down with them and talk to them about, you know, getting into this, about them helping you, as Father Mike said, about them guiding you through it, because um, you know, that was one of the things I wanted to point out is that um, if you get books, books are okay, but they can also be very misleading because what Father Mike and I are talking about and what the mystics are trying to share um, is something that can't be put into words. Labels, words all fall short of the divine. I've spoken about this in previous podcasts about the difference between relative reality and ultimate reality. You know, what we can verbalize is relative, what we live right now, what we're seeing, what we're experiencing. But that which is eternal, which is infinite, that's which is divine, is the ultimate. And there's no words. And again, that's what Father Mike was pointing out so awesomely, which was about how the energy, the vibrations, uh, crystals, music, anything like that can help tune you into those frequencies. Because we have to remember we're all energy and energy is where we came from and energy is where we go. And that's what we are, everything in between. Um, so it's important, um, as Father Mike amazingly pointed out, is that, you know, to, to get someone to help you, to get a guide. And believe me, I know from personal experience, it's very difficult to find uh, good people, willing people that want to generally help you in your, um, in your journey. But um, I'm a firm believer in the Eastern ways of thought that if you put the thought out there that you're looking and you're wanting a teacher or a guide, that one will present itself. Just pray on it 
make it part of your um, your prayers and it will manifest i mean how many episodes ago beginning of season two you all heard me talking about my soul searching and uh was talking about going back or trying to go back to the roman catholic faith with um so beyond blessed that burned and crashed um and look what happened there's father mike i mean talk about an immense blessing you know um we couldn't have prayed for anything greater than father mike i mean and, and oh, here he is so i'm just saying it can happen it can happen and just be patient um and be kind and gentle with yourself and as father mike was pointing out to to not beat yourself up that's a big thing we all have to work on and that's something we're going to be talking about in future podcasts and father mike does amazing in his show as well uh, again it's logic in the bible um, he had an episode where he talked about actually just taking a mirror something simple take a mirror look into that mirror and tell you yourself that you love you how when was the last time you did that when was the last time from your heart that you said to yourself that i love you i mean most of us it's it's very repelling because it's contrary and contradicting to our upbringing to our uh, our conditioning uh, especially if you come from an abused uh background you know it's you've been taught and told for so long that you're nothing that you're not worthy and that you're everything negative and as father mike pointed out and the mystics point out you are the total opposite you are the divine and the divine is you you are absolutely perfect with all your bumps and warts and scars and everything so you know that's something i i you know, i want to reiterate is that you know give this a try folks it's you know um, Timothy Freak and Peter Gandhi wrote in their book called The Jesus Mysteries. They say, it is easy to believe that something must be true because everyone else believes it. But the truth often only comes to light by daring to question the unquestionable, by doubting notions which are so commonly believed that they are taken for granted. And amen to that. I mean, that's pretty much our conditioning that we're all taught and told that this is who you are and this is who you are going to be this is what you should be and the whole journey of life is to realize that we are beyond all of that to come to um, love ourselves and awaken to what we truly and naturally are but again i always have to give the disclaimer don't forget everybody else is as well it's not a specific thing for you yes it starts off as a very personal inner journey and experience but as you awaken and blossom and tune in to that which is everything and which is you and everyone you begin to feel not just see but feel as father mike was talking about that's very important that interconnectedness of everything and everyone mm -hmm. and you know, as Father Mike said, it will help everyone so much. I mean, just imagine how the world would be if everyone would just wake up to this just a little bit, just a little bit. I mean, we could change. And as Father Mike talks about on his podcast all the time, we are in control. 
we can make change. If we want to change the world, we can change it. We are co-creators. We have the power to do that. It's up to us, you know. You know, as Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. Starts with you and then goes outward from there. Yeah, no, I <laughs> no, I mean you, you summed it up perfectly, Angel. I, I really appreciate it. Um and and believe me, I'm I mean, like I said, I'm I don't like to call myself a mystic and I don't do well with compliments. <laughs> but um I think that well then you shouldn't listen to my show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and what I what I've learned to do and like in my preaching and and talking with people is oftentimes I just get out of the way. Um I stopped writing sermons down a long time ago and realized that when I just got out of the way and let um, God and the spirit speak through me, um, then I, the right words, the right words come out for whoever needs to listen to it. Right. Um, when I start thinking too much, again, when I start focusing on the minutia, um, I, I end up, I end up stumbling and stuttering and, and making a mess of all of it um but when i when i when i learned to just be silent and get out of the way and open my mouth and let let god speak um and let the source just flow and touch whoever it needs to touch in that moment um i don't have to worry about i can i can make myself much smaller <laughs> um but and 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 back to what we were both saying it's like when um self-care is not selfish right thinking about ourselves isn't selfish thinking about what we need to do for our life thinking about um what is going to be right for us isn't selfish if we are focused on doing everything for other people then we lose our own power we're giving our power to everybody else um we have to make sure that our cup is filled first so that we can help other people um when you're on a plane right you put your your face mat the plane going down you put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you help anybody else because if you don't do the self-care necessary then there's nothing left for anything anybody else right um especially you so it's not selfish to do the things that you need to do for yourself it's okay to say no every once in a while it's okay to create an experience where you're not doing everything for everybody else right and i think that is is we're taught so much to not be selfish <laughs> um to think about others and yada 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 it's like okay but we have to also think about how we are um we have to make our internal world right too um and i think doing the self-care go 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 to whatever makes you energized for intro introverts often a book <laughs> um prayer meditation something that make gives you energy uh for the extroverts go out i mean i'm a priest but go out to a bar <laughs> um go hang out in large groups of people 
uh, do what you need to do to energize yourself so that you have the energy for other people. Um, because if we don't, we, we won't have anything. And again, we're creating that for ourselves and it will perpetuate for ourselves because that's what we're telling the universe that we want. I do all this stuff that stresses me out and I never give myself any, any self-care. So um, universe, give me more of that, right? Give me more of that right. stress. <laughs> give me more of that opportunity to not do self-care, right? Because um, that's what you're going to get if that's what you keep doing. Because you're just telling God, you're just telling the universe that you you want more of that. So step on the brakes. <laughs> think about what you need and be intentional. And I think that's the biggest thing about meditation is you have to be intentional about what you're doing and who you want to be, right? When, I'm in, when I decide who I want to be in the world, as a, who I want to be in relationship to the world, uh, how I want to respond, and I'm doing those things, I am going out into the world with intention. I'm easier to keep my attention on my intentions, right? Um, treating people better, being more kind, smiling more. I can focus on those things because I know who I want to be and how I want to interact. Um, and I'm taking, the, taking time for self-care to realize what's working for me and what's not um so yeah and i mean that and it doesn't matter what religion or faith or non-faith practice you practice right um it doesn't it doesn't matter you still need to know who you are inside and i think what mysticism teaches us is realizing that there is an inner space um there is something deeper within us that we can tap into. Um, and it's not something that we need to be afraid of. It's not something that we need to judge. Uh, and it's something that we can, if we can just do a little bit of it, um, we, can, we can change the world. And you don't have to change the entire world, change your world, change the world you experience, um, change, the world of the person next to you, right? If they want to change, if they don't want to change, let them be <laughs> as if somebody doesn't want. And that's the other <sighs> mystic truth. If somebody doesn't uh -huh. want to change, don't worry about changing them. When, I mean, it, it's been translated hor horribly, but the, the allegory behind don't throw your pearls before swine is this idea that if somebody doesn't want to change, don't try to change them. Love, just love them for who they're choosing to be in the world it doesn't affect you <laughs> so amen don't worry about it um if you don't like gay marriage don't get gay married uh if you don't like abortions don't have an abortion don't tell somebody what they can and cannot do with their life <laughs> it's like it's, it's it's really simple because it has zero effect on you right uh, sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to go there, but <laughs> oh no, no, no. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's one of those. I'm a I'm a deeply spiritual and religious man. I have my own personal views about abortion, but I'm not going to tell somebody. I, I'm a man. I can't have an abortion. It's not my place. I'm not going to tell somebody what they can and cannot do with their body. I mean, there's a point in which we 
we have to realize the validity of every human being. Whether I agree with something or not is irrelevant. If somebody needs that for themselves, that's when it's relevant for them. <laughs> um, and doing the inner work necessary through our meditations and, and finding that space, it's easier to come to those realizations, right? Because if I, if I, I mean, the abortion is the biggest thing in, in, in the country right now, but if I, I've had to sit with plenty of women who have made, had to make impossible choice, right? I've seen what it does to people, but the thing is, I also recognize the necessity of it, right? There's, there needs to be access to healthcare where people can have safe healthcare, right? And I was listening to uh, the pastor of Woodland Church this morning uh, in, in uh, Wichita, Kansas, and she was talking about, uh, sorry, she was talking about how we, we need to be able to make our choices and have our own uh, personal uh, power, right? And when power is taken away from somebody, power will be found subversively, right? So when we take somebody's power away from them, they will find a way to regain their own power. And oftentimes it'll be subversive and it'll be in a way that is dangerous um, and un or unhealthy. So when we take away people's rights to, to something, they're going to find a way to get it, whether we like it or not. So then how do we change our mindset and our, our perception to say, okay, I may not agree with it, but what is the safest thing to do? What is the most appropriate thing to do for everybody, regardless of belief? Um, how do we come together as a human race and protect and promote people's healthy choices, right? Um, or choices for their own health care or for their own life, right? My life is for me to live, right? Your life is for you to live. I can never step into your shoes and understand all of the nuances of your life and, and everything that happens to you. So I have no judgment or bearing on how you should or should not interact with the world. All I can say is, this is who you tell me you choose to be. And this is where I see that not happening. Call that to your awareness and allow you to do with whatever you want to do with it right? I'm not telling you what you have, what you should or should not do with your life. I'm just responding back to you or reflecting really back to you. This is who you tell me you are. Is what you're doing now in alignment with who you claim you want to be? So um, I think that's the perspective we should take on, on really all of our <laughs> geopolitical view, uh, perspectives. <laughs> uh and, and health health perspectives but and that's and that's what we were getting back to is with judgment it's like when we're passing judgment on somebody else for what we think is right or wrong then we're missing the mark we're Amen. missing we're missing the barn the, the 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 broad side of that barn so uh really just comes down to it comes down to love i mean love yourself love the world around you i mean 
learn to love yourself the most. <laughs> uh, and loving yourself isn't selfish. Um, it's self-affirming, right? Um, and when you love yourself and recognize your own faults, when you're not blind to your own evil and, and, and inequity, then as Bonhoeffer was saying, then you can, you are able to open your mind and your heart in ways that you never thought possible. Um, and that in itself has the power to change the world. One person at a time and start with yourself. <laughs> So take take the speck out of your own eye <laughs> before you take the plank out of somebody else, or the plank out of your own eye before the speck of somebody else, right? So, Amen. so yeah, I mean, thank you for letting me be on your podcast. <laughs> oh, Father Mike, no, the pleasure's all mine. Thank you so much. And everybody, as we were talking about before about guides, uh, don't forget that uh, Father Mike is available and I'm available on his show, he gives information on how to contact him. I will have information on his show um, and his website in the show notes, as well as, you know, I give my spiel at the end of every show on how to contact me. We're here for you all. And don't hesitate to reach out to us. As I've said, and Father Mike's said as well on his show, is that, you know, a lot of times it's just we hear crickets chirping in our email and, and we don't hear anything from anybody. And we understand that. We understand a lot of people are very quiet, but we are here if you need us. And if it's something we can't help you with, we'll direct you to where you can get the help that you need. So um, it's so very important. So don't forget that. Uh, again, Father Mike, infinite thanks, blessings to you yeah. so much for taking time out of your schedule to be here and, and share wow what you've shared with us today thank you so much oh you're very welcome thanks for having me i, I really love to be there and i'm excited for our episode on on logic in the bible to come out soon so uh your your listeners should be prepared for that <laughs> definitely definitely and when that does come out everybody i will be sure to let you know uh, but hey, you don't have to wait until then. You can go, and uh, you've heard me talk about it here for at least the past six episodes. <laughs> go check out Father Mike at uh, his show, Logic in the Bible. You can find it on all the platforms that you use uh, from using to listen to me not right now. Uh, you can find his show. If not, just go to the show notes. It's pretty much always there anymore. <laughs> Links to his information you can't go wrong. He will, I mean, as you've heard, I mean, he, he takes you out gently, very gently out of the box that you've put yourself into and the society and the world has put you into and moves you in directions that are so beautiful, loving, and amazing. And, you know, and in turn, you can then do that with others. So again, Father Mike, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, I guess we need a prayer of the week, don't we? I uh, was going to have Father Mike uh, close us with a prayer, but um, I was just so in awe of, of how the show went in the interview and just Father Mike's presence uh, that it completely slipped my mind. <laughs> and I hope you folks can understand that, uh, you know, 
there are very few people that uh, enamor me and awe me. And, you know, there are two Tibetan teachers that I've known in my life that were able to do that to me. Uh, my wife would be another one when, when she teaches and talks with me. Um, another one. And, of course, Father Mike. Um, being among these people and being in their presence, even if it's just through video, is it's like a young student being at the sitting at the foot of a great teacher or master you're just wow you're just a brand new sponge just in all just soaking it all up um, and when these people speak you, the holy spirit moves through them in such amazing beautiful loving and powerful ways um, so i mean i hope you all got that feeling as i did through uh, the interview we just had with Father Mike. So I'll go ahead and close this out with a prayer from me uh, for, <laughs> for <laughs> as a consolation prize. So here we go, folks. God, the universe, the am that is all, we come before you asking for your help. Help us to put what we learn today and every day into practice. Help us to get out of our heads and into our hearts. Help us to stop judging others and to not judge others. Heal us of all of our inner conflict and pain. Help us to love ourselves so we can love others. Help us so we can help others. We thank you for everything with all of our heart, mind, soul, spirit, and strength. Amen. And one more thing before we go, I wanted to let everybody know that a new book nook for June will be uploaded this Wednesday at 12 a.m. Eastern Time. For those of you who aren't familiar with the book nook, it is a little side thing that we have or a branch that we have of the Faith and More uh, podcast and Faith and More Ministries, um, where we uh, chit chat a little bit I catch you guys up on what's going on in my life studies and practices and things of that nature where I also share big news that's going on and uh, this coming Wednesday is no different we've got some big news to share so if you miss the book nook you're gonna miss the big news <laughs> we wouldn't want that so be sure to check out the book nook this coming Wednesday I so hope and pray that you have enjoyed the show and that you found everything that you've been searching for in a podcast, especially a faith-based podcast, and more here with us. Don't be a stranger. Come around anytime, all the time. We now have an Amazon.com wish list for the show for anyone who would like to make an offering. Um, a link can always be found in the show notes and show description. Now, I know some people like to do that, that, that helps them feel as you know they're contributing and doing something and this is the best way because some people have asked me about setting up a patreon and i'm completely against that i don't want to accept any kind of money for anything i'm doing here jesus didn't do it buddha didn't do it i didn't do it before when i taught uh, buddhism and eastern philosophy for four years um, but i will accept books so i do have a list uh, on that wish list for the show that you can, if you feel compelled to, and you have the means, please 
Don't take from your grocery money or your bill money or from just life money. If you have it and you want to make an offering, then go to the wish list and do so. I would be beyond grateful and appreciative. And by purchasing books and sending them to me, what you're doing is you're helping me educate myself so I can then pass that education on to all of you. And that also sparks and creates and inspires more and more shows. So it's a gift that keeps giving that's never ending. I'm always open to questions and suggestions. Um, as I always say, there's it's always like crickets in my mailbox. <laughs> I don't hear much from anybody, but you know, unless it's family, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I know there are so, so many of you all over the world that are listening, and I completely understand and I respect your privacy, and I respect that you're quiet. Um, and but I do want you all to know that I'm here for you all the time. And uh, again, speaking of suggestions, I mean. I know there are so many amazing angels and saints, past and present, in your community, in your country. Could even be you that the world doesn't know about, but by gosh, we should know about. Um, could be some that have come and gone that are fading from memories and hearts. And we tend to you know, shine the light on a lot of those here in the show. And that's kind of one of the goals of this show is to make sure these beings stay alive because they are such amazing, truly amazing. Um, it, it's tragic for someone, anyone really, to be their memory to be lost, uh, their life to be lost. And we don't want that. So again, please, please, please feel free to contact me, share these people with me, even if it's you. Please get with me, share with me so I can share with the world. Remember, you don't have to be alone on your spiritual journey. Again, I'm always here for all of you. I'm always available to help guide, uh, offer advice. Uh, you can always email me directly or contact me through the website. My services are ever growing and expanding as the spirit takes me and as you all need. And the cost of these services or all services I provide is absolutely zero. Absolutely free. I'm here for you guys. Next is prayers. You guys always hear me say this and you always will. I love to pray and so do listeners of the show. So please let us pray for you. So all of these services, how do you make it happen? by contacting me. And how can you do that? There's two ways you can do that. First, you can email me directly at faithandmorepodcast, all one word, faithandmorepodcast at gmail.com. And the second way is through the website. There's a contact button on the website where you can email me or you can fill out the prayer request form at the bottom of the webpage. You can also use that form for also asking for help, for guidance, for suggestions, for advice. Use that as well. It's a, it's a catch-all form. Use it as you need it. So in order to find the website, you go to Faith and More Podcast. Again, all one word, faithandmorepodcast.wixsite, W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com slash my dash 
site, S-I-T-E. And there's always links to my contact information, email, and the website in all of our show notes and show descriptions. So, until next week, have a blessed week and know that each and every one of you is in my heart and prayers. Bless you.